Mobile hunters, if you're looking to up your mobile game, head to tetherednation.com and check out all of their saddle gear. Regardless, if you're new to saddle hunting or an old tree climbing veteran, Tethered will have your mobile hunting needs covered. I've been using and trusting Tethered gear since they launched and have used it in all types of hunting situations from the mountains of Pennsylvania to the plains of Kansas. It has been the constant in my hunting gear and allows me to be as mobile and as versatile as the hunt requires. My favorite pieces of gear currently is my Phantom Saddle, the Ultralight One Stick Climbing Sticks, the Predator Platform, and the Fast Pack, which is the best hunting pack for a mobile hunter in my opinion. Also makes a great scouting and trail camera hanging pack. If you're looking for gear to help up your game and be more mobile, keeping you in the hunt, then head over to tetherednation.com. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 343. Today, I'm joined by my buddy, Greg Litzinger, for our annual summer prep session. So stay tuned. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you are doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. Hopefully you got a little barbecue, a little time outside, maybe some fireworks, maybe a couple malted beverages even. Uh, hopefully you made it home with all of your appendages inta- attached and no one lost a finger, um, which would be critical for this upcoming archery season. I remember when I was a kid, Stupidly, some buddies of mine used to light fireworks off and hold them in our hands. We probably all did that at some point as kids. Fortunately, we kept all of our fingers. Only one of us ever got burnt uh, pretty bad. Uh, my buddy Mike, rest uh, rest in peace, Mike. Uh, he's no longer with us, but he was kind of crazy. Uh, he would often hold on to it at the last second, then like let it go, and it would go flying out of his hand. Um, and but he he kept all of his uh, he kept all of his digits. Um, probably not the smartest thing in the world to do, but you know that's what you do when you're uh, when you're younger. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and jump into today's show. I have a super cool show for you guys today. Um, have my buddy Greg Litzinger on, uh, Litzinger on. You guys know him, you love him. He's been on the show a bunch of different times. Um, this is kind of what we do every year. Greg and I get together during the summer and kind of have our, you know, I guess it's really kind of our season prep. Um, session where we kind of talk about our plans for the upcoming season, you know, loose plans, if you uh, if you will, you know, where we might be headed for the fall, you know, if we're doing any travel hunting, talk a little bit about, you know, summer inventory, how that's kind of going, any of the work and scouting that we have kind of left to do and kind of how we prep for the very beginning of the season, you know, kind of focus on that earlier, um, earlier part of the season. We also talk a little bit about uh, truck camera laws. I know, you know, it was well documented, the funny business that went on in Kansas, uh, but maybe not as well kind of talked about or not as widely talked about was, you know, similar things happened uh, in Delaware, which is close to, you know, where Greg and I live. And, and Greg actually also hunts Delaware um, uh, on an occasion. Also, this is a part one of part two. This was kind of a lengthy episode. This first part is really he and I talking about our plans and stuff like that. And then we have a Q&A session that will come out as a part two where we uh, answered some of your uh, listener questions. So with that, we're going to go ahead and just jump into today's show. And as always, thank you all for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I should have did my intro. You should have. Like, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even keep a straight face. I sounded like such a moron when I did it earlier. It was just so natural, too, because yeah, I am you. a moron. You know, it's like, 
just so, came, came right out. Your true nature is a show. That's right. That's right. If you can't tell, the secret guest today that I alluded to on the old I on the socials is none other than Mr. Greg, by God, Litzinger. What's going on, buddy? <sighs> the crowd goes wild. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, sorry it took a little bit to get started, man. Greg yeah. comes over usually when the when we do these. Greg pops over after work because it's oh, it's not really on the way, but it's ish on the way. Not even close. Not even close. Well, yeah. Not even. Not even a little bit. Like, Four seventy six. Nothing's close. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're in the right state. Yeah, <laughs> it's essentially it. And uh, he gets here a little bit early, so he was hanging out downstairs with the dog while I was finishing up uh, finishing up work. But good to see you, man. It's been yeah, a little man. while, dude. Yeah, you were. Uh, See, you're slimming down. Slimming down. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, the jujitsu's got me full grips, man. I was just, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I'm down to like a, a svelte 158 pounds at this point now. Lean, mean grappling machine. This is actually less than I weighed when I graduated from high school, which is crazy. I don't know. I, I was like 110 pounds when I graduated high school. So, Jesus, man. Yeah, I was a bean pole. Yeah, you were. Yeah, because you're tall. I, I grew two inches outside of high school. Really? Yeah, I was a late bloomer, like <laughs> really late. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I found an armpit hair the yeah. other day. It was yes. awesome. And Greg hasn't even commented on my sweet mustache that I have either. Because um, I'm, I, it looks nice on you, Clint. It looks nice. Like- <laughs> if you're into that type of look. Yeah, I'm getting ready to start a movie. Yeah. Dirt <laughs> You know, it's going to include wildlife. Yeah. And uh, you're, all you're doing is missing your aviators. You know, grow out a little bit more. Yeah, I used to rock aviators. That was my go-to sunglasses kind of vibe, especially when I was in the band. That was like all I wore. Slapping the bass. I was slapping the bass. I was slapping whatever. <laughs> Get your hands on back then, you know. Needed aviators. Those, it wasn't a... Uh, Someone asked me at one point, they were like, do you always wear aviators back then? And, you know, and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, always. They were like, what is it with like aviators? Like, you know, why, why you like to wear them? And I was like, well, I don't know why other people like to wear them. I was like, but for me, it covered up like my eyes entirely to where you couldn't see them or how, in, in how bad of a state I might be. Tired you looked? How tired I am, the dark circles around them. How Life blood- on the road is tough how bloodshot they might be or may or may not be. I'm struggling with my microphone here right now for some reason. I don't know what's yeah, going on with this thing. crazy contraption. It's like a crane. I know it is. I'm thinking of like lifting some dirt outside. Yeah. Thinking, well, it's gonna, a backhoe. <laughs> start, digging up, start digging up the pipes in the backyard. Yeah, I'm going to go out and move some dirt with this thing. Get on that landscaping. There you go. You know, But man, you just, uh, I know you've had a busy summer. You've been doing a lot of... Uh, I know there's a lot of household chores. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about work. We're not going to talk about household chores because we get enough of that stuff. But what we are going to talk about is you being at Michigan Tech. How was that, man? You, awesome. This year, second, second or th- yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time up there. It's not as big as the Seven Springs, so it's nice. There's people. But I was wondering about that because I see pictures because you know we there's a lot yeah. of folks that listen to this that are from yeah. Michigan. You know, I got a lot of buddies in yeah. Michigan. I actually would actually like to make it out to it's the Michigan a, Tech sometime. It's because, I mean, Seven Springs, what uh, the guys there were, some of the guys were saying it's their second busiest show as far as like the oh, wow. people, like foot yeah. traffic. Mm-hmm. It's top three or top two, whatever, outside of, I guess, the Utah one. Right. It's just, it's a good location. You get a lot of states coming and merging, and it's a big resort. 
Mm-hmm. And the, uh, Michigan, it's a little smaller, a little more remote. Mm-hmm. There's still people, but it's not like seven strings, seven springs type people. So right. the practice range is, is smaller, but you're not really fighting for a spot to shoot. So it's like any time of the day, early, you know, start to finish, there's open spaces to shoot. So it's nice. Right. The courses are never like super busy. You know, they're, we spent three and a half hours, the longest right. to shoot a course. Yeah. Seven springs, that's, you're just getting like halfway through some of the courses. Right. The, uh, it, and I've, truth be told, I've only ever been to one tack. It was a seven springs. I had a good time while I was there, but that was the one thing that I just, I struggled with was like the amount of time it, Yes. Took you to shoot a course and how long you had to wait to shoot the, the mm-hmm. next course, like how you had to schedule and stuff like yes. that. And like for me, I got to travel like half the state or the entire state essentially yeah. you know, like to get over there. The four hour, four hours for you? It'd be four and a half, yeah. if not a little bit more. It might be close to five, just depending. But, um, and I was like, I have a hard time justifying driving that distance, paying. The, and the money's yeah. not a huge deal, but it's like, you know, you spend $80 on a, on a ticket for like the day or whatever, and I get to shoot a course. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, not saying that they don't do cool stuff there. I think yeah. tax a cool event and stuff like that. And people that go do it always have a good time. And if you've never done it, you should check it out. Yeah. You should go do it at least once just to kind of experience mm-hmm. it because it is a fun shoot. But I just can't bring myself to do it. Now, doing something like Michigan where I could get through and it'd be more of like a hang. Yeah. Because it almost feels like the guys that I talk to that go to Michigan, my buddies who live yeah. in and around there, it's more of like a hang and less of an I don't less of an event. Yeah, it's like we shot. We had seven a.m. or seven thirty, so we'd shoot, and then I think Friday we did two, and that was I mean that was and I worked the booth a little bit, and then Saturday right. shot worked the booth, Sunday shot you know, hung out at the booth, so it was nice. I get to shoot you know on and on the practice range of course hang out at the booth, you know, talk hunting. Right. So it's a little bit of work and play. It's nice. 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 And you got to see old uh, Jake and the yeah. fellas from Exodus? Yep. Checking out the new 204s. Nice. Asking some questions. Nice. Yeah, they got I was the- stomping Jake. Jake, he, was, he didn't know much about the arrows. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Cameron thing. Yeah, he's like, like um, I know cell cameras. <laughs> right. He's like, uh, you want to talk to uh, about Aaron? You need yeah. to talk to Mr. Cameron. Yeah, that was kind of like from what I understand, at least in talking to Chad, that yeah. was kind of Cameron's. And I think even like in the podcast or the live stream thing that they did talking about it, like that was Cameron's project. Like yeah. He's, he's, you know, it's nice like how they put the the design and what they did with it. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And the, and the, the technology is nice. And I like it for me, like, I don't like micro diameter micro diameter arrows. I don't like outserts basically. Right. Um, the local course by me, the field course is all bag targets. You just uh, lose them, and yeah. it's just yeah, it's a pain. Yeah. You know, so two or four, it's a little bit of meeting. You know, happy meeting between the two. Mm-hmm. You got the inserts that go into the shaft. No, no really outserts, so I like them. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the MMTs, like the ones I was shooting last year. Like they shot well for me. I Let's really get two or fours come on. Man. Upgrade. <clears throat> Man, I ain't that cool, dude. I ain't that guy. You see this mustache, You're not right? That guy, <laughs> You're not that guy. <laughs> Maybe with that stash, you are, you know? Maybe with that stash, you, you know. You might be able to pull it off. Might be able to pull off too if yeah. his mustache. That guy you know? looks rugged. I'll just do it one of these. Yeah. Run it right underneath the nose over the top of the mustache to clean That's it. That's right. You know? That's how I get the blood off of it. Smells <laughs> smell of success. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, there's probably a YouTube video out there for that. It was um, 
But the Michigan, there was uh, like a lot of vendors. Kafaro was right across from the Latitude booth. Mm. You know, there was all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, and every year it seems to get more and more um, hunter-related stuff. It's nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. It's Are there as many courses? There's... Yeah, pretty much the same amount of course. It's just a yeah. smaller mountain. They don't have the okay. fur that Seven Springs has. Uh, okay. Got so, it. I mean, the, the only downfall to where that, because I guess they used to have it in Boyne, and now it's at Crystal Mountain because they're, I guess, doing demo at Boyne. And, right. But Crystal Mountain, like the, the main lift, the high speed, they only got one high speed. So the two, two or three courses that got to go on the same lift, that's the only choke point in the whole place, getting on the lift. Okay. But once you're up there, it's not too bad. Right. Nice. How many errors did you lose? None. Oh. I lost one, broke one hour. Uh, Adam, Robin Hooded me at 60 yards on a Panther, like downhill. Nice. And I was like, as soon as I hit, I was like, fuck. These, these weren't your competition errors, were they? No, these okay. are just errors I bought just for tack. You know, they're okay. deer, deer crossing. They're, right. They're value-based error that shoot well, right. you know, and I can't complain with them. Right. So how, how did you shoot? How would you rate your shooting for the week? Because I know you were working on, yeah, you know, getting I was, your shot together before you My left. third axis was a little off, um, uphill and downhill. I was drifting left to right. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, not a lot of point, like kills. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really like flank deer. You know, I was like, right. And me being me and the competitive mindset, you know, I was like being just outside the 10, mm-hmm. still a kill, but I'm like, you know, it's but it's an eight. It's a, it's a dead deer, dead animal. Right, but I'm right. like, it's not a ten or an X. So like, for me, you know, I'm just a very competitive person. You know, and John and Jake, they shot phenomenal. You know, nice. and when I was on the you know, typical, you know, and then the last day I used Adams uh, Ultra View hinge, mm-hmm. a big hinge. He had the thing set so cold it was like taking forever for the arrow to go off. You're like, <laughs> yeah, pull. I'm like, <laughs> the arrow breaks. I'm like. Panning for you, guessing for air. I'm like, <laughs> you shoot this thing. That's but, awesome. Yeah, the last day was drizzly and a couple of courses, you know. Right, man. I got so I've been, you know, flinging some arrows here in the backyard. You know, truth be told, you know, this is almost like a truth session for me. I'm like, I'm truth from Stan. Truth be told. Truth be told. It's the second time you said that. Yeah, you know? I know. I feel like I got a lot of things. You got to get a rebrand. Out I got know? a lot of truth things to get told. out, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of demons here yeah. today. You know. Um, I uh, I didn't shoot for. I could count on one hand, and it would be less than all five fingers. How many times I had my had shot my bow from January till probably the beginning of June, and some of that was just like my shoulders. The past like couple years have just given me a lot of problems. I'm like in my elbow, to be honest. Sign up for jujitsu. That'll make it better. Funny you should say that because I actually. Like, for whatever reason, this elbow has been jacked up for, like, two years. I know you and I have talked about yeah. it because I was like, you were like, yeah, sometimes yours flares yeah. up too and whatever. And it, I didn't think about it until after, but it was almost like something was caught yeah. in there. You know what I mean? Like, it just would. So I got caught in an arm bar. And, I mean, person wasn't trying to hurt yeah. me. They were trying to get me to tap. But, like, when we train together, it's like we don't try to break each other's arm. Like, you just try to get the position mm-hmm. solid put a little pressure on, and then when you realize you can't get out, you just tap. But they don't – nobody cranks on your arm. He just hit it really quick, and it wasn't even like my arm was fully yeah. extended, and this elbow popped. It just went crack. Mm-hmm. 
and he like stopped and like freaked mm-hmm. out. He was like, dude, are you okay? And I was like, like, yeah. I was like, dude, I felt great. You know what I mean? Like, and then since then, some scar tissue in there, something, man, I don't know what it was. I was like, it was like, a- I got to look a couple of debris in my left knee. It'll do that where it'll just get caught in there. My knee will bother me. And then finally it'll just, pop and just, it's just, I'll do something, move and it'll, like, I'll feel like a little like instability. And then it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, and, it's like entertainers and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm good. You know? Yeah. So now, like, it's been feeling better. So to like where I started picking my bow back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I was like, cool. I was like, my do you ever hang? Good. I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to hang like at least once a week. I try to hang if I can twice a week. I just mm-hmm. made it. I just make it part of like. I try to make it part of like the workout routine routine I do for like jujitsu training mm-hmm. in general. Like what the lifting that I do. Do you so, ever do one arm hangs? I ain't that I ain't that adventurous yet. Yeah. No, I, mean, I do them at work, and it seems to help out this elbow because I don't know if it's just the angle from mm-hmm. one arm hang. Like I don't, it might only be for ten seconds or fifteen seconds, but right. like decompressing with two. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you go to one, it's just it's like probably in the same wheelhouse yeah. as your uh, jujitsu. Yeah, you're pulling. You're just pulling at a, that right angle where it's like you're just like. Elongating yep. everything, getting the the compression out of it, or like the stress out of it, or whatever. Yeah, I haven't done. I'm still just leery with my shoulders, man. You know, just because of the left one being as jacked up as it is. No, they feel strong. They feel as strong as they felt in like a decade, probably. Mm-hmm. But the only time that they feel funky is when I hang. Mm-hmm. Like I can just feel like a little bit of instability in like the left one because that's yep. the one that's messed up. You know. Any other time, like they feel great, you yeah. know. But when I hang, I can feel like a little wobbliness in it, and it always kind of freaks me out. Because it's like, I'm not gonna hurt it. This is how. This is what'll happen. Yeah. I won't hurt it shooting my bow. I won't hurt it doing jujitsu. Cut the grass. <laughs> it actually might be true because my tractor doesn't have power steering. Yeah. Things a beast, dude. And so I might like actually throw my shoulder out trying to steer my tractor. No, it'll be like trying to do something healthy, like hang and decompress my shoulders yeah. and my joints. You know what I mean? And that's when it'll like let go, you know, and end up having surgery. It'll be like September 1st. Oh, dude, I would be so pissed. <laughs> if it's going to happen, it needs to happen like December now. 26th. You know what I mean? Like late season, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I can give up the last month yeah. of the season as long as like my shoulder's back by like, you know, September to start shooting again. But no, what I was going to ask you, because you mentioned your third axis was, um, so, you know, when I, when I shoot and I noticed this, whenever I was starting to shoot these, the, uh, the broadheads have been checking out because I'm trying to find like the right broadhead. You and I were talking about this before yeah. we started recording where it's like, I've changed broadheads, you know, the past several years, a couple of times in the past, like five, six years mm-hmm. or whatever. And I want to find like the one that I want to shoot that flies, that I can get to fly well and that I can sharpen because I don't want to have to buy new ones every year, yeah. you know, and they can take a beating, like all that stuff. I just want to find a good head so I can just, you know, next 10 years I'm going to shoot this head, you know, come hell or high water. Um, and so I've been shooting, you know, field points and then sending, well, a broadhead and then sending field points after so I don't cut my fletchings off and stuff. And there's a little bit of apprehension when I do shoot, whenever I'm, when I'm shooting only one broadhead because I know that that's the arrow with the broadhead. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of like a mental game that go, that goes on where I'm like, okay, I got to make this shot good because it's the broadhead. I got to want to make sure it's yeah. dialed in, you know? But what I noticed was, is like when I'm shooting, like I'm drawing back, checking my bubble, 
you know, all my anchor points are on and then I'm, I'm bending, you know, at, at the waist like I should. And, and then I was in, I was kind of neurotically, I think over checking my bubble as I was getting ready to shoot. And I've caught myself going back between my pin and my bubble to where, and I was doing it more when I was shooting the broadhead and I noticed this. And so my broadhead consistently was landing like two or three inches right. Right. And sometimes a little bit low, you know? And when I'd shoot my field points, I would stack them on top of each other. I might be just slightly right or I might be just slightly left of where I wanted to land, but I was where I wanted to be. You know what I mean? And I, so, and I was getting mad because I was like, anytime I shoot broadheads, I can't ever get them to land like consistently. Right. And so it was last week whenever I was shooting uh, the broadhead again, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check my, I'm going to start checking my bubble like before I bend. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's on when I bend, I'm not going to look at it again. And then if it's off, it's off. And that's because like I either needed to move or the ground was a little like off, you know, Mm -hmm. off kilter or whatever the case is. And, and see if I can shoot consistently as like, cause I feel like I'm almost like moving my wrist and like re-leveling my bubble. It's going to torque it. And I'm yeah, exactly. With the body and not the hand. Yeah. And so I started doing that in pain. So checking the bubble, then bending, and then not looking at the bubble again, just focusing on my pin and not really caring where the bubble is anymore. And now I'm landing my broadhead with my field point. Is that, is there any truth to what I was just went through and what I fixed or did? You're over trying. Okay. You know, you're with the the first time I've been guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. You, you, because you subconsciously you've, you start adding the other variables into the equation mm-hmm. the brain's like, Oh, I'm going here, going there. So you, I mean, I struggle with that with my eyes at distance yeah. is the pin target pin. All right. I can see the target. Like I'll, I'll naturally center the pin and a target. But then if I like focus on the bubble, my eyes, the glasses and everything, my eyes pick right up on the pin and the target blurs out. And I'm like, and like the, now the, the seconds are ticking away and I'm like, by the time like, I, I like, it's like, in and out with binoculars, you know, the, it's, um, I'm close yeah. and I'm far away. And by the time I focus on the target, I'm already gone. The shots, you know, trash basically. And I, right. I let it eat and it's like, well, it is what it is, you know? So yeah. I'm at a weird point with my eyes. I think I need like a lens to shoot distance. Okay. Cause I can't focus enough on the target. Right. You know, it's like, and then when I go from target to pin, it's just, the, there's too much of a delay. Mm-hmm. And I'm three or four over breasts and it's like, right. You know, I'm in it at that point where it's like, well, it's 90 yards, 80 yards. Uh, I should let down, but it's like, I'll be there all fucking day at that point, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. It, and it, it, I, and I thought of you whenever I was going through that because I, I, I could hear you sitting behind me watching me shoot. Cause we've done this yeah. how many times when we should, when I, we should shoot together yeah. again here sometime soon. But where you, you'll just, you'd be watching and you just be like trying too hard. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're trying to get your arrow to go to the spot. Like, and, and you would, you would say you're doing everything right, but I'm watching you at the final like moments yep. and like, I can see you're trying too hard. And that's, I don't have problems with like some of the people that are like command shooters. Not everyone can be a command shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to have a very, like my coach, you say, a very active brain. Dave, like, the less thing you tell your brains to do, the better. Mm-hmm. You're, subconsciously, you can handle a lot of things, but if you allow your brain to take 
full control and all folks in the pen, the brains, I'm off to the races. Right. So it's like when I shoot my best, it's like I don't realize what's going on. Yeah. You know, like I'm just in the moment. I'm aware of things, but I'm just looking at the target. Yeah. I'm not worried about grip, hand, no, just the target. Everything else just blurs out. Yeah. And some people are better command shooters or can hand, harness that. Shooting about a long time. I've, I've tried to be a command shooter. I've tried to shoot with a click on a hinge. Shit's just, it never ends well. Right. Like I, I get one or two good shots, but it's just the consistency level just drops yeah. drastically. That was my big thing too. Cause like I've tried, you know, I've gone through the giving myself like a cadence, like a sequence yeah. of things to say as I'm doing stuff to kind of slow myself down. So I'm not rushing yeah. shots, you know, and to your point, it's like, I just don't have the, uh, ability to focus that intently for that long. Like I can do it for like a handful of shots, you know, but you get me past like the fifth shot. Yeah. I could give two shits about the cadence anymore. I just want to look, I just want to see the arrow fly, Mm -hmm. you know I mean? Like I get to that point where it's like, and even I'm a terrible golfer, but when anytime that I've played decent at golf or hit the ball, well, I won't even say play decent because I still struggle to get it in the hole, but just like strike the ball. Well, it was a grip it and rip it approach where it's like, I looked at where I wanted the ball to go. I grabbed the club, I walked up to it, took two practice swings, and cut her loose. That's what, you know? that's why I am with pool. If I go in and Except just... Except whenever I housed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I can just go to the pool table and just shoot. Yeah. Like, I'm good. If I start going, start analyzing it and, like, our angles, the brain's like, oh, we're we're going to play. And it's like, no, I just, I didn't want to go down that road. Right. And the brain's like, don't worry, I got this. And don't it just turns to shit. That. And I'm like, come on. You're like Alan in the hangar. Yeah. What is at the card table? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. like the numbers and stuff come in. Like just yeah. go and just shoot. You know, yeah. like it's like when you have like pool reference or darts, like mm-hmm. two or three beers in, like you're good. Oh, yeah. You're, I'm you're, money. Yep. Yeah. But five beers in, it's like it's just a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. There's a... There's a there's a point that you reach like critical mass yeah. where it's like it's as good as it's gonna be. Yeah. That's two all beers in, like oh, I'm good. You're not really thinking too much. I'm not over trying. Five beers, you're like five beers. You're like you start thinking like this. You're like man, I'm so good. Yeah, I could probably yeah <laughs> grip the stick. And then you're like oh the stick. It's like let me just aim at this. And then it's like it's, so what you're saying is like you drink like two beers before I go hunting. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe my uncle was onto something. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle of George Dickler in his backpack. You know what I mean? Like, it keeps warm, you know? <laughs> that's what he used to always tell yeah. me. Brandy. Yeah. It's because it's cold out. I told you the time he caught himself on fire, didn't I? No. No, he, he took like a, I don't even know, I probably shouldn't tell the story, but took like a couple beers into the woods. Maybe it was a six pack, maybe it was yeah. one, I don't know. Um, he had some some morning beverages, yeah. you know, and it was cold out. He made uh, He made a little fire. We all used to hunt like between my grandfather's property and like my dad's property and my uncle's property because it was all kind of like connected basically. And uh, and he decided to make himself a little fire because it was cold out, you know. So he made himself a little fire and he's sitting next to the fire while he passed out, like oh, sitting up next to the tree, and his leg flopped over into the fire <laughs> and caught his overalls on fire. And he wakes up with his whole leg just like engulfed Sweet. in flames, like rolling around on the ground trying to get the fire out. <laughs> He comes walking up through the woods like afterwards. <laughs> He's got like one leg like it's all black and tattered. Like and my my dad and I kind of looking at him. What was happening to you? Like oh, I caught my leg on fire. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> I think it's a normal day. Yeah, I caught my leg on fire. Sitting that's next too to that funny. Tree. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh. That's how I learned how to hunt. 
right there. You know, <laughs> a lot of strategy subtle, in that. Subtle teachers. <laughs> the smoke. You don't mind the smoke smell. It's like yeah. a, it's like a wood stove. Yeah, it's cover scent. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was doing ahead of his time. Yeah, you know, he's probably could have sold that fire kit now. There you go. At a store somewhere, people would buy it. You know, like, hey, smell like a campfire. <laughs> Just set yourself on fire in the woods. You're good to go. <laughs> oh, this thing's going off the rails yeah. quick, man. So hard transition. We're gonna go ahead and cut talk her over. Some real stuff. We'll talk some real stuff here. Um. How's a, we haven't really talked much about, because well, we haven't, I mean, we haven't really hung out since. The last time we hung out. Exactly. I don't even know when that was. When was that, dude? That was, so we didn't right, hang out. Right the, after the season? Or right before the end of the season? I don't even remember. I, mean, I think it's right after maybe January. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it probably was right around. Yeah, it probably right was right before around. scouting, because we were going to meet up and then. They had the snow, and then oh, that's I, right, yeah, yeah. Life I was like, oh, Greg, you got free time. Fuck you do. Yeah, um, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Back in the yeah. mine. <laughs> Back down under the ground, son. The uh, yeah. So we haven't talked. We haven't had a chance to talk in in a, in a good while. I mean, we text and stuff like that. But how's uh how was your off season, dude? Like, you know, you get everything done you want to get done. No. Like, no, no of course um, not. I said it's just <laughs> house work over time. We said we weren't going to talk about chores yeah, or work. So it's like I didn't get much. I didn't really get out until March. Okay. So I, I pretty much missed all of February. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Missed, I missed all of February. I missed pretty much all of March. I really didn't get out till like April. And I'm still getting out. Yeah. Like now trying to play catch up. I'm in the same, same boat. I've been to Delaware twice. That's spent 16 hours down there. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, learned a handful of times out by my house. I spent more time pulling cameras, you know. I probably did too. Than actually scouting. And After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I can pretty much know the areas. I don't. I don't have anything new areas. I'm, I'm still hunting the same areas. Right. So it's not like I had to go like scout a whole new piece. So right. like speed scouting. Like yeah, yeah, it's there. It's there. It's there. You know, and kind of. Right. I tweaked a few spots. Mm-hmm. You know, off the camera data. I spent time like analyzing my my cameras. Some. And we some talked of, about that on the last session yeah. that we did of how you were kind of tweaking your spots yeah. based on what you were seeing. And some of the. I had uh, some new humans come in, new humans. New humans, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> new some humans. new humans come in and kind of blow out one uh, one area I had pretty much dialed in. I had a, I was a full drone box here, and somebody went in there in the middle of February and hung a stand pretty much right where they come up out of the reeds. So I'm like, well, that's places beat now. Right, <laughs> three yeah. years wasted. Yeah, jeez. Three years of work. I'm like, all right, I kind of got them and 
and now I don't. Yeah. So thanks, yeah. whoever you are. Right. Yeah, that's brutal, man. Like I didn't get <clears throat> a whole lot accomplished most of the spring. Like I got most of my stuff accomplished, you know, in the last really in the last couple of weeks, to be honest. And it's um, you know, locally, it's like I'm not really going to have anything new. My goal. My hope, I shouldn't say my goal, because I kind of knew early on that my my winter and spring was going to be yeah. kind of lost. Um, and so I kind of reset my expectations of like, all right, probably not going to have anything new. I do have one new spot that I hung a camera locally that I'm kind of stoked on. But <clears throat> there, was a, there were a couple new areas last year that... I know more about that spot now for this year. So they're kind of mm-hmm. like new spots to me this year. Cause I only hunted one of them last year. I, yeah. think I hunted it two different times and uh, it was early season. And uh, <clears throat> I heard some deer milling about, but didn't see anything. But the camera data told me what I thought that spot was. I thought yeah. it was a rut spot. It sh- for sure was, but that's kind of the challenge that I have, man. Is like, I, I have some of these spots that I think are really, really good rut spots, but I'm never here during the rut. Yeah. You know, that's the, the kick in the pants for me. It's like I'm always gone. Well, stop scouting for rut spots. Scout for October spots. Oh, oh I, got, I got a couple of those. Those just aren't as plentiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know as well as anybody, yeah. like those are just harder to come by yeah. that, that are going to produce, you know. Um, but I but I have some high hopes for the stuff I've been finding in the, in the North Peace. Like, I, I feel like that place is hard to hunt in October. It's um, thick. It's thick. In, in areas where you do find deer, it's yeah. thick, you know, it's open otherwise, which makes it hard to, because they ain't going to move in that yeah. in daylight, you know? Um, <clears throat> and the, some of the thick areas aren't real big. So if they are in there and you're trying to hunt there, one it, and done, it's one and done or, and you're going to be right on top of them. Like you can't make any mistakes. Yeah. Like that's what happened to me last year. That one I bumped on October 22nd. Like I don't think in a million years he would have been bedded where he was bedded other mm. than that day because I was going there, yeah. you know, and he was bedded 30 yards below my 40 yards, 30, 40 yards below my tree, you know? And it's like, and I blew him out trying and I was quiet, but it was just like yeah. way too close. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and that's the challenge with that spot is like, you're either going to be on top of them to have a chance or you're going to blow them out because you have to be on top yeah. of them to have a chance. You that's know? a, I like those odds though. Yeah, that's I mean, right, if, that's that's in my wheelhouse. It is in your wheelhouse. Um, it's not everybody's cup of tea, that's for sure. No, it's not. Um, and I like it. It's just, uh, I don't think that that really dawned on me until last year when that happened. That's when I that's when I realized it. And like, and maybe it's because I'm dense and slow. You know, maybe someone smarter than me would have recognized it more quickly. You know, <clears throat> but. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it took me to like making that mistake until I was like, you know what, like October hunts here are going to, if I'm in the right spot, I'm going to be on top of them, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be dicey, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it almost then goes to, I need to start hunting like windy days. Mm -hmm. Is it like, I can't hunt calm days in October there. If you're the windier or. I like windy days. Yeah. And yeah. I've and I've grown to like windy days. I used to not. And now well, I would say ex- not excessively windy days. A, a solid 10 mile an hour wind is good. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I was talking to Jason Michael about that and he was like, you know, he was like that 10 to 15. He's like is 
kind of like your sweet spot. And deer still will move without being super skittish. I find that same, same, you start getting around like 20 miles an hour, they're skittish. Right. Especially does. If does are skittish and there's a group of them, you know, a single buck's like, "Mm, I'm good. I'll wait till dark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what he's actually seen, and we talked about this a little bit, was that it seems like the mature deer that he has seen in that 10 to 15 mile per hour range, they actually move way more freely because it's consistent. You know, it's like you're going to get a stiff directional wind and you're going to have less variance in thermal play, right? Unless it's a really strong thermal in that particular area or whatever. But, you know, by and large, the deer are going to have a more consistent kind of wind to use. And so he sees them move just more confidently and earlier in daylight, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. That'll be... It'll be an interesting piece. I mean, I'm getting really good, like, starter uh, velvet picks for the beginning of the year. I sent you a couple, like... You always do. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's like you always give you me shit about do. it. Too. You're always like, dude... Um, I'll put out 30 cameras and get, like, one. You're like, I just threw this one brand them out in the woods. Look at these six hammers. And I'm like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. How about that thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... We always say there's a difference between finding them in velvet yeah. and killing them in the fall. Like True. so, it's like that's the part I have to have to figure out, you know. But you know, I think the one thing that I've noticed in this piece too, I'd be curious if you see it in like the big woods areas that you've hunted just historically, is that you know what I'm kind of finding. And I made a, I made another friend uh, up in that area, which is awesome because it's just another guy who knows the big woods. Super good dude. I didn't mention his name in the last podcast because I thought he wanted to stay incognito, but his name's Mike. So shout out to you, Mike. Um, you know, he's he's he showed me around a little bit the other weekend. And I got to spend some time with him to see how he breaks down the woods because he's he's spent a lot of time like hunting there, like twenty odd years on that piece or whatever. He kills great deer consistently there and in other areas. Um, and so it was just good to get some confirmation from him because I was like, you know. He runs a lot of, tra- you know, I won't say a lot. He runs a number of trail cameras, yeah. you know. Um, and I was just like, you know, out of curiosity, man, like when you get velvet pictures and you get velvet bucks, you know, in this particular area, um, do you see a lot of them just vanish? You know, I was like, or did they maybe transition like 200 yards and they're showing up on like a different camera? Like they just shifted like how they're using the area. They didn't leave the area. Yeah. He was like, bingo. He's like, that's a lot of what you'll see up here, you know. That's constant in ag and down where I am, mm-hmm. same thing. Is it? Okay. Because yeah. I know for me around here, and it's probably because I got smaller chunks. It's yeah. like, man, when they're gone, like when they peel. Yeah, if you got 150, 200 piece, yeah. if they're shifting 200 acres or so, a quarter mile to food or bedding, they're off a different piece. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why like, I've I've starting to target larger pieces. Uh, we've talked about this before, yeah. you know, thousand acres minimum almost. That's the way I know when they do shift or if I'm getting pictures somewhere in a thousand acres, I have a chance to kill them because yeah. they're roaming around in a killable spot versus a 150 acre piece where you, you might get one shot at them, you know? Right. Right. So you have any good returns on any of the cameras you set out? Like any, any prospects? I haven't even pulled. I get the, I have six cameras out now and, I got no idea what's on them. No, maybe that's better. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a. Uh, I, I worked a couple scrapes I got, and some just known, kind of set them up 
dependent on ag. I was like, they usually alternate corn, beans, corn, beans. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the fields I hunt off of or hunt near. So when it's corn, it's just, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, once they go hard horn, they're pretty much living in the corn or you'll come late August. Usually they've mowed down a section of that corn they're living in there. So they don't really come in the woods too much. But when it's beans, they kind of, you know, navigate these little seams, I call them. So mm-hmm. I got a couple of cameras on seams. Right. Nothing, no scrapes or anything, just um, doubling up cameras, you know, so catching a wide, wide yep. area. So, yeah. And I got them at, they're locked up at ground level. So hopefully I'll get a better return on investment. Right. You know, so you're doubling up the cameras on a, on a single kind of tree. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. no, two trees, two trees, so this but- is gonna, they'll, they'll crawl. So oh, I'm covering, okay, you know, got it. 180 degrees plus. Right. Which nice. the sometimes you were know, like, they, they just might be drifting over here and that camera's like, how oh, there's nothing here. And it's like, well, they were just 10 yards right. off to the right. Have you done that often historically? Like, or is that something I've started doing that a couple of years ago? Like Johnny did that. Okay. You know, from, from like a rut standpoint, because they're coming out of a clear cut. It's like, well, you got 150, you're trying to cover hundred yards. Well, right. one camera can't cover hundred yards, but if you take two, you know, you're going to cover larger sections and you're going in there anyway to check the cameras. Right. And if you're, the sign's hot, but the camera's not, well, it means deer in there. So. Right, 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 right. So yeah. in certain spots, I think it's a pretty cool. Hmm. How uh, many tactic. sets do you have like that? Two right two. now. Okay. Nice. How did those play out for you last year? Um, I had them up high, so uh, okay. I, I think it just cut back, cut down on a lot well, of cut stuff. Cut your angle, yeah. Hang high. yeah. So I'm at you know chest high. There's a little bit of growth, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping to. <laughs> I probably won't be able to get out there till hunting season the way my life's right. <laughs> so what's the percentage? Is what's the percentage you give it? to the cameras are still there, and that the trees are still standing. Oh yeah, <laughs> good trees, good healthy trees. Uh, <laughs> I I picked a little bit larger trees because I've had some cut. So yeah. I got a cable lock. It's almost maxed out in the two trees. Okay. Big old pine. Yeah. And big old oak. So okay. So cutting that motherfucker down like you a bad motherfucker. Right. You're doing some work. Yeah. You deserve that camera. Not really, but you, know. you, you earned it. Yeah. Like you put in a day's work yeah. for that thing. <laughs> yeah, the one place you won't be using cameras though is Delaware. Yep. Yeah. They pulled that uh I guess late night, day before the because last year you had to register your cameras. That's you had to so go on weird. the website and register and you had to put like a, a tag, like a number for your camera. Just they wanted to get a gauge, I guess, on what was happening camera wise. But I, I'm just curious, like I'm like, I don't even know what they would use use that information for. Well, they the their website was very specific. Like what tracks are you hunting? How many cameras are you using? So if I'm putting out six cameras, I might not have all six out. Right, but they, like I, I think the data they got off that was wasn't very good data. It could be easily manipulated. manipulated yeah, to just, fit a certain viewpoint. Yeah, I'm just curious, like what they were actually trying to like Here's prove the, with that, or what hike, they would, hikers and I guess people were complaining that they're getting their photographs taking on state land. Well, allegedly. So, well, so here's the deal with that. I, I did take. <laughs> I'm not a constitutional law expert, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express yeah. last night. <laughs> but no, I did have a constitutional law class that I took. Um, and it was actually something I considered for a while. It was like, that was like a career path I considered at one point. Um, look at you now. Now look at me now. Running a deer hunting podcast yeah. and hanging out, talking to Greg yeah. here. You know, life is good. 
<laughs> Welcome, sports fans. <laughs> um, no, it's a. Uh, like that's that's kind of a weird thing because when someone is outside of their home, bring cameras. Well, you, yeah, well, not just that, but like you have you traffic have, cameras. The you only know? time your picture is not allowed to be taken is if you're in an area that there is an expectation of privacy. That I think is how like how that is how that's written, mm-hmm. and and by that it means doesn't even matter if you're in your house. If you're in your house and you're naked, but your blinds are open and someone's outside taking a picture of you. If your blinds are open, you have no expectation of privacy. Celebrities. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's weird that like people walking in public in plain view is a reasonable gripe about having their picture taken. What because I could walk along photographing birds, you know, and I could take their picture. So what? I'm not allowed to do that anymore either. You know what I mean? So it's just, a, it's a little weird. And who are these people who are hiking that don't want their picture taken? What are you doing that you don't want your picture taken? Nefarious activities. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Trying yeah, like I was like, I was trying to read some. Didn't of you it. find like a mess of dildos in the woods one time <laughs> <Yeah>. or something? <laughs> no, I think that was Paul. He actually yeah. felt like a like a butt. Yeah. <laughs> like a silicone button, like a bunch of dildos in the woods or something like that. <laughs> he was scouting. That's a party. He's like, huh. Mark this place. No <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's happening here? Yeah. Like it's but, those people. Yeah. But it's, I was trying to read like someone and I, I could be like misspeaking on this. Um, but from what like I got from it and other people that were maybe have more uh, firsthand knowledge, it's, it was very um, one sided. They pretty much almost had their mind made up. Oh, it was just like the thing with Kansas, too. It was the same. And the same I guess it was like people on the panels were, were, were judging, or not judging, but some of them didn't really know what truck hammers were used for and, and stuff like that. So it's like sportsmen, well, I don't think we're allowed to speak or had a big role in it. It was mm-hmm. pretty much like here's a panel, a bunch of people, and this is on the docket. And so I do believe there was, like I said, ulterior motive to what they did last year. There was some tomfoolery. Yeah. Yeah. People but, don't, I, but I don't, I don't they, when they, they, they brought like the ethical part of it. Delaware allows baiting on private. Is right. that ethical? Like uh, where do you draw the line? on? Yeah. Is it because people that have money, their ethics are different than people that don't have access to, like, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it seems very funny and forced. Yeah, it doesn't seem. And I, look, I'm not an expert on it. I've I've read a little bit about it, just like articles. Yeah. You know, I haven't dove real deep into it. And truth, truthfully, it's like I haven't even talked to, I haven't even really talked to Chad about it. I've been meaning to. We just haven't. It hasn't come up when we've spoke. You know, I I mean, I know his point of view on it to a degree, but you know, I know he knows more of like the ins and outs of it mm-hmm. than, than I would, or, or Jake, or yeah. you know, Cameron for that matter. Um, I just don't. <clears throat> I don't understand like what the what the end game is. You know what I mean? Like I don't get, I don't get why you would, what you're trying to achieve by, by banning them well, because well, here's some, I don't even get the ethical component of no. it, you know, because if you, if it was not even saying that this argument is correct, but if you were to say sell cameras, I could say, then I could say it's possible that you could make an argument it would be really hard to prove on a broad scale, mm-hmm. especially on public, you know, more so on private, yeah. you know, because 
if the camera's out my back door and it timestamps a deer, I could run 200 yards if I work yeah. from home or if I'm at home, and I, you know, whatever. Precisely. Not very plausible on public land unless you literally yeah. live by the public. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I could at least rationally see, like, there is an argument you might be able to make, right? I think it would fall apart pretty pretty quickly. But you could at least entertain that one. The, the one where it's just like cell cam- or trail cameras in general, kind of like... Well, I'm on the impression that public most public land is purchased <clears throat> from licenses fees in, in most states, if not all. Right. The, the hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen, you know, we are purchasing this land or, or getting money, you know, to maintain the land, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they pass these laws just for public, because from ethical, because ethically speaking, you know, hunting wise, well then it needs to be like across the board. Mm-hmm. It's got to be even, Steven. Right. So now, like, there's no baiting in Delaware, which is fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. what's a lot better than New Jersey. I'm not a fan of baiting at all. Right. But you know, and now like no no cameras. But there's a whole generation that's all they know. Now hunter recruitment is most states isn't exactly. You know, busting at the seams. Right. There's people that don't know how to <coughs> navigate the woods without trail cameras. Yeah. And it gives them, it's a father. He works six days a week. I can hunt, you know, on a Sunday or a Saturday, where it might be. Those cameras are going to help keep those kids entertained or keep him entertained. You know, like, or I have a chance to get the kids involved, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like I, I work six, seven days a week, you know, or, I work for three weeks straight. I got cameras out there. I got, I got five days to hunt. I can check my cameras and hunt, and the guy can actually have a, a chance to kill a deer. Make a plan. Yeah. yeah. And you take that out, like, your, your race went 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Some guys, it's a hard adjustment. Like, you, yeah. people might stop hunting because of that. Yeah, and, and not just that, but, like, I think, you know, it, it would be interesting to see, and I'm sure they have the data somewhere, yeah. you know, to see, like, you know, take states with like uh, big hunter numbers, um, like Pennsylvania, for example, right? And look at the har the the harvest rate of bucks and does, like separately, right? Not just deer in general, but bucks and does, because people aren't using trail cameras very often to try to kill a doe. You know what I mean? Like, it's, let's be real. Like some people are like, I'll use it for that for early season. Be like, hey, I, mean, I know there's a doe group coming through here, like clockwork, yeah. eight a.m. I'm looking to fill some freezer meat. You know what I mean? It's mid September. Yeah. It's mid September. You know, I don't have a good spot right now that, that a buck's telling me I can go kill it, you know? So I'm going to kill this deer. I'm going to kill a deer here, you know, um, or kill a doe here. It'd be interesting to see like what the harvest numbers look like whenever truck cameras, when they started like peaking, if you will, like Mm -hmm. where, what are the, what is the five year time frame where they were at their peak utilization? And what do the harvest numbers look like mm-hmm. prior to that? Like the five years prior yeah. or 10 years prior or 20 years prior, even like whatever, whatever it is, you know, to see if it changes. Cause that to me would be the only biological or. Well, numbers don't lie. Actual yeah. data can't necessarily lie. If you have a good baseline, because you can see the trend before yeah. numbers and, and harvest, you know, license is sold yeah. 15 years ago versus now. You know, because yeah. I know like, I don't know too many people that don't use trail cameras at some point in time. I got I a handful of people, but 
they're from my generation where we hunted without them. Mm-hmm. Like we can read a track, we can interpret sign as it happens. Mm-hmm. There's a whole new hunter recruitment that does not know how to do that. And if you say they can't do that on public, but if I have access to private, I can, mm-hmm. you know, I can put a wall of cameras on private right next to public. And it's like, well, it's, what what's making them better than, than me. And I, I just think you're just going to create a rift, mm-hmm. a larger rift than there already is between yeah. your private and public. Well, like you and I were talking before this, like best way to, to squash a group is to get them to fight with yeah. each other. Right. And fight with, get them to fight with each other over one being able to do one thing yeah. versus not, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the oldest trick in the book, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. It, I find it interesting that Kansas and Delaware are like the first two kind of places well, Missouri, you can't do public either, right? Well, uh, I've always been that way, though, I think. Yeah, that one's more, um, I forget what the rule is there, but it's anything that's like like conservation ground or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's a specific designation yeah. for it. Because I remember whenever I was out there, like there were some places I, I mean, I didn't take any cameras on that trip because that was like, we were just bouncing around. Yeah. But I was reading about <clears> it beforehand because I was considering taking cameras. And I might have not taken yeah. any of them because I, maybe where I was going, it was all places I couldn't use them. But there's a specific designation that they have out there. That if it's this type of ground that's owned by, et cetera, or managed by X, yeah. like you're not able to use it. I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But yeah, I just find it odd that like the places where it's taking place now is like Kansas was a little bit surprising. But like when I think about there's it. There's not a lot of... It's a, not The state's not exactly populated. Well, that's just what I was going to say, right? Like people look at that and be like, it's great hunting. There's just, there's not a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so, and the people who live there, I don't want to speak holistically for the state. I've hunted a couple of times, but like even the locals there that hunt, it's almost like it's, um, it's not like it wasn't, it's not like Iowa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't the same at all. It wasn't like. Either. No, Kansas, can you do it on private or no? Cam- cameras on yeah. private yeah i believe yeah. you can so yeah. it's like the public thing yeah and so you know because chad and i would talk to like someone driving down the street and you're like oh you hunt he's like oh yeah you've been out yet he's like uh and this is like november he's like nah i got out once in october you know probably won't get out until gun season sometime you know and so they're not i don't want to say it's not as much of a culture thing because i might yeah. be misspeaking but that's at least the impression that i got yeah you know it would in delaware again Likely small hunter numbers, comparatively speaking, to the population. You know what I mean? And I don't like the precedent that's being set that states, that two states have now kind of done this. Quickly. There was no, like, we're going to brought this date up and we have input from from outdoor companies and sportsmen. Right, well, it just shows that it was planned. Like, it was like, we're going to do this and we're going to say it and we're going to have the information and we're just going to do it, you know? Um I would be more worried, you know, and I say worried, I'd be more concerned if it leached into states like an Ohio, Pennsylvania, a New York that has New Jersey, Jersey that have big hunter numbers, you know what I mean? That people don't come out of the woodwork and be like, yeah, this ain't going to happen, you yeah. know, but there's a reason why they're starting with like these smaller places yeah. that, like, it's the same thing. Like whenever you're trying to win in an election, like you don't go try to like win 
California right away yeah. or New York right away. It's like you try to get momentum by yeah. chipping off a couple of like the other couple other states yeah. where people look and go, oh, that candidate's yeah. gaining I, ground, you know? And I, I get why like some of the Western states did the camera ban, water holes and wintering grounds, like because the herd's stressed as it is, you know, extreme weather, temperature. Right. I get why. But Delaware, I think you couldn't even put cameras out till June. Like they had like rules on cameras. Like right. they had to register them. June had to be out at a certain time. So it was a three or four month window there, like no cameras. Mm-hmm. So like they had rules in place. And like some of the data was just like they had the the numbers were just like, that doesn't even make any sense. Right. You know, because like I, I filled out the form. I'm like, yeah, I plan to put out six cameras, but I put out two. Well, that right. data says I put out six. Why don't I get two out? Right. So it's like, well, that's just. You're a liar, Greg. Yeah. And they want to know exactly what tracks you were hunting, right. where you plan on putting the cameras. And I'm like, well, what if I plan on putting them somewhere else? Right. So it's like, I check all the box. Right. I register all my cameras, yeah. tell them I'm putting them on the, on the neighbor's private property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I said, it, it's a sense of precedent that it shows that sport, us hunters and fishermen, and like, we don't necessarily have a voice. Yeah, and we have a lot of money. Well, they always say we have a lot of money and power. He goes, "Shay, we don't really have that." Right. Yeah. There's groups out there way more influential than yeah. what we, we got don't have as on. much as we as we think. Yeah, you know, it's like I always like I've had this conversation. I, it might have been with Chad actually. We were talking about it. You know, <clears throat> it would be because <clears throat> I think that one of the challenges. You know, I won't say one of the challenges. One of the things that I've observed that I've always thought peculiar or that was interesting mm-hmm. or just kind of caught me as like, oh, you know, that's an interesting kind of yeah. thing was, you know, you and I grew up in like a, a like a punk rock kind of with a punk rock yeah. background, like a niche culture, yeah. right? A, a subculture, right? And that subculture is like, man, you know, when you're in it, like you will fight tooth and nail to retain whatever it is that you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whether it's like a club or whatever, like that thing is the embodiment of that subculture. Yeah. And if it is the embodiment of that subculture, you will lay down on a railroad track for that, that thing. And you will, you know, fight tooth and nail yeah. to retain it. Yes. Right. And because you're acutely aware of the fact that you are not part of the mainstream, you know, the thing that I find interesting about deer hunting and hunting in general is that because most everybody who is, you know, is a hunter for the most part, like you go to the outdoor shows or whatever, and you look around, like they by and large fall into the category of, of mainstream in mm-hmm. every other part of their life for the most part. I'm not saying that like this person's a rich person or yeah. like, I'm not talking about socioeconomic status. I'm talking about like, you know, if you were to see that person and they were dressed exactly like the person next to them, mm-hmm. you could say like, eh, they're probably very similar to one another, right? They probably have a very similar, like they have a nine to five job, yeah. you know, they, you know, send their kids to school. They value education to some degree. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, like some of these standard, like mainstream things, right? They likely listen to country music, you know, or like, you know, rock music yeah. or whatever, you know? Um, but it's interesting because like, it's that mainstream component in every other part of their life. 
and like this is kind of how I've always viewed it, has clouded their judgment about how they view the sub the hunting subculture they most definitively identify with. Mm-hmm. You know, because the number of people that we have in the hunting community is a subculture. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's not when you think about the number of people who live in the United States and the number of people of those people who are hunters, we are a very, very small yes. portion of those people. We are a subculture. It's like <clears throat> it's like punk rock in the 1980s. You know what I mean? Whenever you had bands like Minor yeah. Threat and they were playing in people's basements yes. and stuff like that. That's the equivalent of the hunting culture. Well, that's, we, but we don't fight for things that well, we cherish the same way that those, that those other subcultures were. These organizations now that are nonprofit, wink, wink, uh, that are popping up for conservation and, and whatnot. Um, I'm personally not a fan of most of them because mm-hmm. I don't feel that they're... Uh, Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. They're worried about numbers, recruitment numbers. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to recruit people. You know, I always think of a movie like 300. You know, the, the, the warriors meet the the other people go in the fight. And right. he's like, what's your profession? The guy's like, oh, I make pottery. Well, I, I'm, I do this, I'm a farmer. And he's like, we're warriors. Like your recruitment numbers, you're getting numbers for mm-hmm. money, but you're not getting people that's willing to fight and stand for something. Right. They easy come, easy go. And yeah. a little bit of adversity, they're gone. Yeah. They're not going to stand and fight for, you know, because they'll just be on to the next latest and greatest thing that that's that's popping up. Right. Like when they allow baiting Jersey, I don't remember ever reading too much about it. Like it was one of those things that was passed that we get more people in the woods. And it's like you outlaw baiting half New Jersey. I'll, I'll say a third people going to stop hunting. Right. That's all they know. Yeah. So it's like they're not going to stick around. Are they the people you really want? Like they're fighting for my rights in New Jersey or these other states. I'm like, they ain't showing up to a single meeting. They ain't sending a single email. They ain't doing, they ain't doing any of that. And like quality over quantity. Yeah. And that's a, we need money. You need the money, but also you need able-bodied people that are for the core values and, and thinking long-term instead Mm -hmm. of short-term. Yeah. 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 And that goes with just about anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's It's almost like hunting has become corporatized, which it has. You know, and yeah. it's like corporations are, you know, back growing up like the, the Primos and, you know, the Night and Hail and all these companies have been bought up and sold. But it's, it's rightfully so. You get right. the money while you can, but right. corporations or conglomerates buy them and then they sell them and buy them. And they have these giant, you know, umbrella companies that own everything. And you're like, who really is pulling like the brand 
is right. is gone, but it's a name, right. you know, name recognition. Great segue. This podcast is brought yeah, to you by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how it led you into that? It was perfect. Yeah. It was awesome. But uh, so so with that, let's move on to yeah. happier happier times here. Um, that's gonna ruffle some feathers. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're <laughs> people gonna, punching the air right now. If you, Greg. Um, what are your loose plans for this year, man? What, what do you got going on? Travel, um, sticking around home. Yeah, just gonna just, just gonna stay home and not hunt. Maybe work on your bathroom. Maybe <laughs> so, so the way I, it's going for me, it, it might be. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, Delaware the first week. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the last two guys they invited me down to. I think they're doing groups going to Kentucky and then oh, some nice. going yeah, else, for but, early season. Yeah, nice. but. It's more of a weekend. Like I can't. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. So it's like, uh, so family's gonna come down for a couple of days before. They're gonna stay at the the campground, and then I'm gonna go down, hang out with them for a day or two, and then hunt for a few days and come home. Nice. Todd, me and Todd. Todd's nice. gonna come down there once season opens. Nice. The uh, yeah, I was uh, I was kicking around. So I had a buddy, at, you know we were kicking around the idea of a early season Nebraska hunt and for the opener, which is like, I forget what it is. It's like the very beginning of September, like yeah. September one or like August end the very end of August, yeah. like whatever it is. And I was like, well, cause at first we were talking about doing like a late season muzzleloader hunt together. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a buddy of mine. We've never hunted together. We don't live close to each other. In fact, we've never met face to face. Yeah. Um, Slow down with firearms. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, with some firearms. It'd be awesome. That's how I roll, dude. It's just go big. It's like, what are the chances there's two serial killers show up at the same place, same time anyway? You know what I mean? Like, um, so we were talking about that, and and then I, I forget why we got off the the that kind of kick of like late season Nebraska with muzzle loaders. Um and it might have and it might have been because we were talking about Kansas and and this is a, a friend of mine who like keeps telling me I should go out to Kansas for early season. Cause he's like, I think you would love early season in Kansas. And then he was like, would you want to do an early season Nebraska hunt? It's, you know, similar yeah. kind of terrain is, is the area I hunt in Kansas and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, when's their season open? He's like, you know, we told me the date and I was like, I'm in dude, let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's just book it. Let's just plan it now. Like we're going that yeah. date. He knows where we're going because he's hunted it in the past. He's like, I think he's hunted birds out there, yeah. you know, roosters, and he's he's hunted deer in, in that area and stuff. Um, and uh, and I was all like, shit, yeah, that's going to be awesome. We'll go out there. I'll do a week out there. Then I'll head back out, you know, maybe jump over to Kansas for a couple of days, come home and go back out in November for Kansas if I don't feel that tag or whatever. And then it dawned on me that that is over my daughter's birthday. And I missed her birthday last year because I was in Idaho elk hunting. And I forgot when I bought the tag. And I was like, all gung-ho for dad, elk. Dad of the year. Dad of the, total dad of the year. <clears throat> and I felt so bad. How much did that cost you? How much did that set you back? Uh, you know, she got a horse. Yeah. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what it cost me is uh, two season opener Steeler tickets for this year. Mm. <laughs> she wanted to go to the Steelers season opener against the 49ers. So I pulled some strings and got her. See, got her tickets to see the 49ers Steelers for the, the season opener on Are September. You taking 10th. her? Yeah. Yeah. Whole family fair? No, just she and I. My wife doesn't want to go. She's like, whatever. She's like, you two can go do that. Yeah. She's like, oh, thank God you guys are gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, and those ain't cheap. They were good seats. So that's what it cost me, you know. But I'm not making that mistake. Like, yeah, nope. yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to stick around here for September, buddy. You know, but so that was kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to that because I really would like to do an early season hunt at, at some point. You know? yeah, that's, like I said, Delaware is close and I'm not hunting where I was hunting. I'm I don't like, know why I don't ever go do that. I'm hunting closer to home. Um, especially now with the, with the, with the band, I don't see a lot. I won't, I probably won't see as many out of staters this year. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, the flip side of that, right. Is that <clears throat> going to be a lot less appealing, you know, so if silver lining, Kansas can't put, I mean, I didn't have cameras out. Well, Chad and I did the first year we went out there. I didn't have any cameras yeah. out there last year. Um, you know, silver lining might be. Keeping some non-residents away. Yeah. I mean, I'm a non-resident, but. Then keep yeah, you away. I'm, yeah, I'm up 40 minutes from my house, so it's right. like, yeah, you're kind of. You're just, <laughs> I don't know what they refer to you as. It's kind of almost like residency. You're right? like here, but not oh, this guy. It's like you live here, but not really. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're just uh you're, you're renting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just checking out the area. Yeah. So you're gonna hang out? Are you headed back uh, Western PA again or no? I'd like to have the time, but yeah, I, I burned a lot of time. Yeah. And that, and that seemed like she was sick all the time. Like. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And mm. it's like, yeah. You know, and then I got sick a few times and it's like, don't come into work, feel sick. So I'm like, all right. So net was sick. Then I get sick. I'm like, all, all right. right. You know, and like, like, it's like, I'm right. really sick, you know, like yeah. fever. I get fever quite a few times this winter. Got the fever. Yeah. Need more cowbell, dude. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so I, I burned through a lot of my days I'd use for long weekends. I got my uh, two vacations left and it's like, right. Uh, Halloween, you know, Monica's birthday is in that week. So it's like, I don't go anywhere. Right. Right. She'll let me, but it oh, comes at a cost. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, a, I'd rather just stay home. Yeah, there's, a, there's a cost for that. Yeah. You know, and that Halloween, like always have to be home Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got two so little ones. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I never cared about Halloween. Like we'd be like, you want to get trick or treat? Like, nah. Oh, Alloway's, they, they, they do it up for Halloween. Yeah. That's nice. their thing. Nice. So, and then I got like, I think middle of November and then we're, we're not allowed to split our vacations up at work, which I find just weird because it right. could be hours. It shows you like how many hours you have on vacation on your paycheck. Right. I should be able to just use those hours at my leisure. Nope. You got to take five days for, I'm like, I don't need five days. Like right. I want a couple of days in October, a couple of days beginning, middle and end. Like I'm good. Right. Like, yeah. no. So it's like, it's kind of hard and yeah. You know, having a family that you can't just always go away. Yeah, yeah. You got to kind of break up. Yeah, this year's going to be a little, uh, not different for me because I've done this in the past. But um, because the only trip I have planned is is Kansas, unless unless something else yeah. happens between now and then. But the um, I'm going to be there for two weeks. That's what I'm planning on. You know, is being out there for two weeks, and uh, it's, it would be interesting. It'll be very reminiscent of the first the Iowa trip that I took because that was two weeks and that was tag out the first day and make drive home. <laughs> Dude, I will be driving like to somewhere, Missouri, like Ohio, like wherever. Actually, if I still have a tag here, I'll probably just head to the North piece yep. and spend it up there to be quite honest with you. Sounds um, like I'm still in Kansas. I ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> it's crazy. There's no deer here. <laughs> I hadn't seen one. Um, yeah. So I'll be out there for two weeks. It'll be interesting because it'll be, you know, I went solo last year and that was a week, but this will be two weeks of solo solo in the trailer. Yeah. 
Yeah, solo taco on that trip. So I always like the solo trips, though. They're kind of fun. You know? Like for me, like two weeks is tough solo. Like for me, like my mental state, I'm relatively I don't learned. have a mental state. Yeah. So it's like relatively alone. Like I don't mind being alone, but um, I need some companions. Like mm-hmm. four days is like mentally my limit where I'm making good decisions. Like, all right, I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And even with like a group, like five or six days, usually that's kind of. You know, elk hunting, five days, six days. Right. Like I've mentally, I've physically, it's like all right, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with right calling it quits. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting, you because know, and they got and they said during the rut you're hunting basically all day. It's yeah. a lot of movement. Like for me, that's exhausting. Well, the other part is too is Kansas is a lot of driving. You know, because you're driving piece to piece to piece, glassing, yeah. you know, so it's a lot of windshield time. And that does start to really suck when you're by yourself, you know, because it's hard to drive and watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because at least if you're with a buddy, you're driving, you know, the speed limit down yeah. these dirt roads. Yeah. <laughs> the speed limit's like 25, yeah. you're like 70. Yeah. Like flying down these dirt roads. And uh, the uh, and you're trying to like watch to see if there's like, you know, you're trying to get like, Sometimes you'll see a, a deer running through the like That's, a CRP field or yeah. whatever. Other times, like you might just catch like a like a, a shimmer of like an antler mm-hmm. or something like that that you stop in glass or whatever. And it's hard to do when you're driving. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's where it's have you know even going up hanging out with Johnny and all those guys like just bouncing. You see anything? No, I see anything. Yeah, it's dead over here. What do you got over here? And then you can f- help formulate a, p- a plan. You mm-hmm. know, and I glass here in the marsh. And by yourself, you miss stuff. Yeah. It's like the guy I used to hunt with in the marsh, like, <laughs> you know, back before, like, smartphones, and you're texting, you know. Right. But it's like he's on one side, you know, I ain't seen nothing. There's something came out of your way. You might want to make a move, and all right, thanks for the heads up. You know, I turn my glass around, like, you know, find a, right. find a deer, and it's like by yourself, you, you miss a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that's – those are those are kind of my, my plans for the fall, at least uh, at least for right now. You know, I would love to fill the tag early in PA and then head to Kansas and know that I have two weeks off and fill that. I would love to either fill the tag early in PA and go to Kansas and know I have two weeks and maybe I tag out early there and just like hit one more state real quick somewhere, you know, on my way back. You should have won 30 in Kansas this year. Yes. Yeah. I'm not holding out for a giant in Kansas unless, you know. Unless you see a giant. Well, not even that. I was going to say I shouldn't have said it unless until I finally stick one. You know what I mean? Because like past two years it's like i should have i should have filled a tag multiple times it just didn't work out you know is what it is um unless i've got a bead on like like a legit like hammer and i feel real good about it mm-hmm. i would probably pass other deer but that would only last for like a couple like a couple yeah. months it's not gonna last for like the whole i'm not gonna spend two weeks chasing a deer yeah. you know what i mean out there so unless it's the deer <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if we're talking like a world-class animal of some type, then sure. But Bigger than Chad's, chasing it. Yeah, Boone and Crockett, I know where he's at. Like, I'll probably come home with a tag. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to I gotta be, he's got a, he, he's got a, uh, he's got a picture of me from like when we were scouting. This is, year, I don't even know how many years ago. This is probably like five years ago, maybe even six years ago of me that's like, a stupid picture of me that he's holding. He'll send it to Black me every, male. yeah, he'll send it to me every now and then to like remind me that he has it, but he's waiting. He told me, he's like, I'm going to post this all over social media. 
He's like, when you kill your first booner, he was like, it's, it's going out. Don't worry. I'll just keep shooting popes until then. Yeah. That's what I said. I was thinking, you'd be holding on to that thing in your grave, dog. Like it's, you must really like that picture. Cause you hold it a while. <laughs> All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, and Genesee Beer. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Oh, 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 oh,